Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Catherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odours and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that by just adding a few special superfoods to a dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I think it's fantastic that more and more people these days are becoming conscious of the food they eat, but shouldn't we be taking the same care for our pets? The health of our dogs means so much. So no wonder owners are posting their glowing reviews of Badlands dog food and how it has improved the energy and coat of their beloved dogs. But don't take it from me. Go to badlandsfood.com forward slash frightful and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash frightful. standing shoulder to clammy shoulder with almost 60,000 holidaymakers gathered in the shadow of a fairy tale castle. Heads are cocked as the hot night sky blooms with dazzling color. Sugary punch the air music devours the air and I've never seen so many smiles and twinkling eyes. But then they do call this the magic kingdom after all. I'm here with my family and I've been having an absolutely amazing time. It's just one of four massive theme parks, plus two water parks that make up Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. With six further resorts around the world, plus four cruise ships and three more ships on the way, I am seeing firsthand how Disney have become vital charging points for a weary planet eager for optimism. Reach out and find your happily ever after, this earnest soundtrack cries and the gathered world raise their sweaty arms and cheer just as streaks of colour light up Cinderella's home. It's just about now, when the thought occurs, though I don't dare mention it to my family or the people around me. Not in that moment, not as the slack-jawed, teary-eyed crowd hug their kids and find one another again. It's just that a former park employee told me that there are Disney-staffed toilets inside one of the turrets up there. I don't know for certain if it's true or not, but he tells me that's the case. He says they are pokey little portaloos that workers squeeze into during breaks from cleaning tables at Cinderella's Royal Table restaurant up there. That means that while we all applaud this magical flickering castle somewhere up amongst those heavenly sparks, there's probably a sweaty 20-something from Texas right now squatting out a dump. Even as a thousand hearts quiver with childlike glee. Keep this image In your mind, no, not the squatting guy per se, but just the idea of it. The thought that it doesn't take much to pull the fiberglass veil back on magical places. Yet I'd like to do that tonight, just for a while. Because if you take time to look through the coloured smoke, you'll find these theme parks can be full of shocking, weird and spooky stories that never made it into the brochure. Well... I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, I want you to strap on your magic band and readjust your Mickey hat as we hop on a monorail that's headed straight for the disenchanted kingdom 
and the frightful side of the Disney parks. We'll make a start with some general weird stuff, and then we'll get down to some very dark stuff indeed. Since we're near the iconic castle, we should probably take a look at the stunning fairy tale mosaics that are on the walls at the back. They were crafted by a man called Hans Schaff, who meticulously placed over a million individual shards of colored glass there under the Gothic arches. Park goers regularly take endless selfies, and they probably have no idea where Schaff learned such patience. It was as a master interrogator for the Third Reich. Yep. As well as being a talented artist, Scharf was also a former Nazi. His 90% success rate gave him legendary status in Germany, but after the war he moved to the US and he made amends by teaching the US military about his non-violent interrogation techniques. But he took up mosaic art too. You'll find another one of his work in the Land Pavilion at Epcot. Nazi artistry might be an unexpected element of Disney, but perhaps it shows the power of the Disney magic. It can even bring out the sweet side of a member of the Luftwaffe. That's not to say that every Disney worker shows a sweet side. Costumed characters roam the parks, posing for photos and hugging kids. And they are the public face of the Disney universe, and yet some guests have claimed that they are the very things that shattered the magic. Like in 1976 in Disneyland, California, when a woman said that one of the three little pigs ran up to her, grabbed her breasts and squealed into her face the word, Mommy. (laughs) A character complaint from 2012 saw an African-American family accuse Alice in Wonderland's white rabbit of racism. The Black family, that was their surname, said a trip to Disneyland turned sour when the white rabbit refused to touch their son Elijah and yet gladly hugged the white kids. They complained and Disney offered a letter of apology, then VIP tickets and then $500 if they would sign a confidentiality agreement. They refused and hired a lawyer instead. A week later, another black family, their name was White, accused a different costume character of the same types of prejudice. This time they said that the racist was Donald Duck. The black family quietly settled in a lawsuit with Disney on December 30th, 2013. On the day of the black family's settlement, however, Disney made sure to tweet out a picture of Mickey Mouse sitting happily on a park bench with an African-American dad and his daughter. But the veil isn't just threatened with staff. Sometimes it's the guests who ruin the innocence, like the shady tour guide scam that broke in 2013. Here, a group of wealthy mothers from Manhattan had worked out a way of skipping the lines. They hired people with disabilities to pose as family members. This was a play on a Disney policy which, at the time, let such guests move to the front of the queue. The New York Post reported that the cost of these quote, black market Disney guides was about $130 an hour or $1,040 for the whole day, a cheaper rate than the official Disney VIP option. And one of the moms told the Post, You can't go to Disney without a tour concierge. This is how 1% does Disney. The scandal has since caused Disney to drop this line jump policy, I'm told. But to be fair, a trip to Disney is incredibly expensive, which has caused some guests to even fake diseases so they can raise funds to go. Like a woman called Emma from Stroud in Gloucestershire in the UK. This 36-year-old mother convinced her husband, son and community and the UK government that her six-year-old boy had a serious condition called lymphoproliferative syndrome. 
This mum pretended that he had it and shaved his head and eyebrows and even put him in a wheelchair. When he was alone with his mum, he was allowed to play out of the chair, but whenever anyone was around, he was forced to stay in it. He even had to stay in it when the family finally visited Disney World, and she milked this system for £85,000. She was caught out with a spelling mistake, and she was arrested on child cruelty and fraud. She was sentenced to prison for three years. You'd actually be shocked at how many times people have done exactly what Emma did to get into Disney. But if there's one thing that really takes the sheen off a day at Disney, it's seeing a fellow guest suffer or even die right there in the park. And yet, sadly, many people have done just that in accidents and even murder. For example, in 2006, Disney adopted a six-year-old German shepherd lab called Hemingway and put it to work in the Big Thunder Petting Zoo until it mauled the face of a child two weeks in. Disney settled out of court a few days before the trial. What about this horrible incident that happened in March 1998? It involved a five-year-old boy called David from La Jolla in California, and he had a truly frightening visit to Disneyland in L.A. He'd been to Disneyland many times before, but this was his first time to be tall enough to ride the bigger coasters, and he rode them all day, over and over. But at the end of the day, he talked his more cautious seven-year-old brother Stephen to go on his favorite ride, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. I've just been on it earlier today. After yet another ride on that coaster, the guests were waiting for the train car to stop at the platform so people could get off. But it seemed to come to a stop about 20 feet from the unloading platform. David, the five-year-old, didn't want the ride to end. And so he stuck his foot out to try and slow it down. You know the way a kid might do to slow a bike down? But as his foot went out, the ride started again. And David's little foot was wedged between the edge of the platform and the coaster car. And as the pain exploded into his foot, he screamed and grabbed his mother. Thankfully, the safety bar stopped his whole body from being ripped out of the car. But there was too much friction against his ankle, and it pretty much tore his entire foot in half. When they stopped at the platform, they frantically assessed the damage. And his mother, a woman called Kathy Fackler, said this. It was held together by just two tendons, and he had lost all soft tissue on the bottom up to his heel. All the pieces were there in his tennis shoe. Despite them stopping the ride and raising the alarm, it took 30 minutes to release him and another 20 minutes for the paramedics to arrive. Amazingly, his foot was salvaged, though they had to amputate all of his toes. There have been many, many accidents in the parks, but sadly some incidents have went beyond that and have caused people to die. One particularly heartbreaking story happened in Walt Disney World in Florida in 2016, when an alligator drowned a toddler by dragging him under the waters of the Seven Seas Lagoon near Disney's Grand Floridian Resort. After the incident, Disney removed more than 220 alligators from their properties, though as I walked along the river by the Port Orleans French Quarter earlier today, I saw plenty of warning signs about alligators. 
On May the 15th, 1964, it was the early days of Disneyland, and Mark Maples, a 15-year-old boy, was riding a ride called the Matterhorn, which is a bobsled roller coaster. And Mark stood up when the bobsled hit the apex of the ride, and he was ejected. He was thrown from it and found on a ledge about a third of the way down the fiberglass mountain. He had unfastened his seatbelt for some reason. Theories were that it was part of some initiation or that another guest had leaned over and undid Mark's harness. Whatever the case, he died on that ride. Even the monorail, that most sedate ride of them all, has caused deaths. On June the 17th, 1966, a 19-year-old called Thomas Guy Cleveland from Northridge, California, tried to sneak into the park by climbing over a 16-foot fence. He hopped onto the monorail beam. God shouted for him to get out the way, but he fell. To a fiberglass canopy on the lower part and was struck. He died instantly. There's another kitchen quirky ride at uh, Walt Disney World called the Carousel of Progress, which I kind of got a kick out of. Basically, guests watch an animatronic stage show where the audience slowly revolves around the stage. It's all about the exciting march of progress. The Carousel of Progress opened on June the 29th, 1974. But not many people sitting here watching the show with me today realize that on July the 8th, 1974, just a few weeks after it had opened, an 18-year-old employee of Disney called Deborah Gale Stone from Santa Ana was caught between the stationary wall and the moving wall during the rotation. At 10.35 p.m., she was pinned and slowly crushed to death. This was the first employee death in nearly 20 years of the park being open. Can I go to the Care Bear float? I want to see the Care Bear float. <laughs> in February 2004, a Disney staff member called Javier Cruz was working in the Magic Kingdom. The 37-year-old was dressed as Pluto, and he was about to follow the floats out for one of Disney's famous parades. This one was called the Share a Dream Come True Parade. However, just as he was about to enter the parade route from backstage, he fell over. Which, frankly, is easy to do in those big, cumbersome character outfits. And so Pluto was quickly ran over by the third section of this massive float vehicle. And even though the float was only moving at walking speed, the sheer weight of it, about 96,000 pounds, meant that Javier Cruz was crushed to death and killed. We simply don't have time to go through all of the many deaths related to park injuries, many of which happen after people leave the park and they succumb to the injuries they've received on perhaps a roller coaster or even a most straightforward ride. But the first Disney death from violence happened in 1981. It was the evening of March 7th. Disneyland was rented out for a private party by the Raw Corporation, and an 18-year-old called Mel C. Yorba was enjoying himself with friends. Apparently there was an open bar, and so plenty of the guests were quite intoxicated. And at one point in the night, Mel started making amorous advances towards a young woman there. It's said he even pinched her behind. 
which caused the woman's boyfriend, 28-year-old James Driscoll, to go absolutely ballistic. A fight broke out, and Driscoll chased Yorba through the park, and he managed to catch up with them in a place called Tomorrowland, which is where Disney celebrates the future. It was here that O'Driscoll suddenly pulled out a knife, an eight-and-a-half-inch buck knife. And in the scuffle, Yorba fell on the blade, and it pierced his heart. A passing nurse swooped in to help while O'Neill and his girlfriend ran out of the park, but when they saw police gathering, they hid in some bushes inside the park. Disney security spotted them and handed them over. O'Neill was sentenced to 16 years in prison for the murder, though he claimed it was an accident. Yorba's family sued Disney, saying their poor medical response after the incident was classed as negligent, and they were awarded $600,000, and Disney finally agreed to start a private ambulance service in the park. Perhaps all of this death in the park might explain why so many ghosts have been sighted on Disney grounds. We'll be looking at ghosts and more in the next episode of this special two-part Frightful, including a rather ghoulish fact that if you've ever sat on a Disney ride, you are surprisingly likely to have been within touching distance of human remains. But until then, I'm Peter Laws, and I look forward to you joining me for a second and final night in the disenchanted kingdom and the frightful side of the Disney parks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.